Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's up, up, up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. And my name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. Naomi, I gotta tell you, right before... Hello, everyone, by the way. Welcome to the show. This is the introduction. If you've never heard this before... (laughs) Oh, my Lord. There's a short introduction, then there's the actual episode. I have to tell you. Tell it. Tell you, Naomi. And tell you, listeners, before we started recording... Now, uh, uh, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman passed away earlier this week. It's uh, very sad. A hero, many of ours. It's not unique if I'm like, oh, I loved him when I was a child. Yeah. However, I was reading his Wikipedia article before we started recording. He was Jewish. Mm-hmm. I did not know this. Uh-huh. I did not know this. He was not very vocal. It's, I don't think he was. Although he did. He did change his name. It was something like Paul Rubenfeld, something like that. Something like it or something? Like, well, let's, let's I believe that's it what up. it is. Okay. Well, it wasn't like Paul Israel. It wasn't like... <laughs> it wasn't like, uh-huh. It wasn't Paul Judah Ben Maccabee or something like that. It <laughs> yes, it was Rubenfeld. <laughs> Paul Rubenfeld. I mean, I, I, I understand that was the era when everyone, you know, John Stewart, what's his real name? You know, I don't even know John Hala, something like that. He <laughs> he changed his name. You know, everyone is changing their names. John Stuart Lebowitz. <laughs> yeah, that's his nipper. A name. canticle for John Stuart Lebowitz. <laughs> but he, but 
I really, I was lamenting, and, and Naomi, you, you were saying that, well, maybe you just didn't know, maybe he had talked about being Jewish and you just didn't know. But I think I, as a child, I would have really appreciated him being vocal about being Jewish. It would have been nice to have a mainstream Jewish hero. Right. When I'm a, when I, look. Was Weird Al Jewish? No. He's not Jewish. He's not Jewish. Okay, because I was like, he was mainstream. I mean, look. Okay. This, yeah. So, so yeah. I'm trying to think of like, who's mainstream? These are my heroes as a child. The monkeys. Yeah. Weird Al. Pee Wee Herman. Right. All right. Right. And it would have been, you know, as uh, growing up in such a Christian area, yeah. it would have been nice to have right. a, have a, uh, uh, out and proud wearing a yarmulke. <laughs> <laughs> Just he every is. episode, yeah. yarmulke, no explanation. Yeah, yeah. But see, then. Feeding cherry, challah, and hamantashen. But don't you think then, if he had been out, you know, um, outwardly Jewish, vocally Jewish, that then people would have accused him of being somehow anti-Semitic because Pee Wee was such a weirdo. You know what I mean? Like it's such a it's such a double-edged sword. Well, sure, anti-Semites will seize on anything. Well, so. yes, but then also the same, and maybe not the same way again when Pee Wee's Playhouse was on and stuff like that. Like we didn't have you know we didn't have the online culture um, of uh, quick, uh, rapid outrage immediately able to be <laughs> disseminated. Um, and so, like I think. I wonder if, actually, if Jewish people would have also felt like, well, this is not who we are. And it's like, well, no, no one said this is who Jewish people are. This is who this character, you know, this is who this Jewish man plays a character yeah. as. No, I don't really, look. I, you know what I mean? I don't no, really, I'm saying like, I wasn't I mean? expecting Pee Wee Herman. It's not Pee Wee Herzl. It's not, I didn't really expect the character himself to be vocally Jewish. It would have been nice. Yes. If Paul Rubens, I would have loved that. No, I'm no, saying. and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying like, do you see how like, it's kind of like, Damned if you do, damned if you don't. When oh, it comes sure. To this kind of stuff. Where but that's like, where any, he couldn't have even. But he anyone couldn't who's, he couldn't have even. Sure, anyone who's other. It's damned if you do. I, it's damned if you don't. Exactly. That's my point. I'm and weird. Out. I think you should convert. Oh, absolutely. Come on. You can I mean, write a parody album about getting getting the mikvah. Albert Yankovic. Is it Albert or Alfred or Alfred? Alan. Okay. Alfred knows that he's disappointing people left and right by not being <laughs> Jewish. He knows it. He's been doing it his whole life. He knows he goes, no, I'm not Jewish. And everyone goes, oh, it's like, come on, Alfred. Come on, Alfred. You can choose to be chosen. Or Mickey Dolan's the last remaining monkey alive. Come on. <laughs> can Mickey you convert? D. Mickey D. <laughs> okay. Oh, is that McDonald's? Hey, has, you think anyone's ever gone to Mickey Dolan's and uh, asked for like a 10 piece McNuggets? I believe there was a time in his life where friends said, let's go over to Mickey D's. You know, and it was like a fun bit. <laughs> yeah, we Mike, a, we're going to Mickey D's. Mike Nesmith, hey, we're going to Mickey D's. <laughs> That's what he would do. Exactly what he sounds like, too. <laughs> I, I, I Pitch believe. perfect. Mike Nesmith <laughs> impression. <laughs> Naomi, can we, before we get into some stuff, I just want to call attention to this. We were on the picket line yesterday over at Paramount. Yes, we were. And you got interviewed by The Rap, yes. which is a, I don't think I had heard of it before. Oh, you hadn't? I had, which is why I did it. <laughs> like, I knew who they were, even though I did not accept Rolling Stone's request for comment. Mm -hmm. I only know of the trades that are owned by Penske Media, which are Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, and Variety. Right. Yes, yes, yes. If owned by a member of the very group we are striking against yes so you know it's like real bias coverage oh 100 percent bias yeah, coverage it's like cool it's like cool and good oh sure there was an article in variety the other day it's like are striking writers giving people dysentery <laughs> <laughs> but you got interviewed and i loved this because uh julie klausner tweeted this we didn't even know that the article had gone up right but uh i, I just can i read yes you can read you know it. they were interviewing about so 
Uh, David Zaslav, who's the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery. And also the subject of every single one of Andy's personally made <laughs> strike signs. Okay. Has Andy. come out as like, has, has like really like put himself uh, face forward as the villain yes. of this yes. whole strike. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like very proud. Very, he didn't like, have to. A woman on Real Housewives who's like, I'm not here to make friends. Zaslav said, look at me. Yeah. He didn't have to. There are, uh, what, uh, of, the, of the main studio heads, only Bob Iger of Disney has said anything else. Yeah, everyone else was like, I'm going to be on my yacht. Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. I'm, I'm not in this game for people to know me. Yeah. I'm in this game to collect my cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, they're like, they're all like the Coke brother that like isn't actively evil. Isn't. Yeah. Is, is like just like doing evil stuff kind of in the background. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other two Coke brothers are like, can we make it hotter on Earth? Yes, exactly. Well, one of them's dead, but I'm sure wherever he is, it's hot enough. Oh, hello. Anyway, so in it was just reported yesterday that Zaslav uh, has claimed that we saved, because of the strikes, we saved $100 million. Yes. He said that like in like what an earnings call, right? It was like yeah. an investor call. Where yeah. He was like, well, these strikes have saved us $100 million. <laughs> Yeah. If I was on that call... As one of the investors, I might have asked, aren't you in the business of making films and movies <laughs> in order to get a return? Isn't right. saving money on not making stuff? Not, that's like, that's like, hey, we're closing down every single one of our blender factories right. and we're saving so much money. They're like, how are you guys going to make money in the future? I don't know. Wh why are you asking me about the future? I'm we're just talking saying, about this quarter. Right now, I just saved us money by closing every single factory that makes blenders. Well, that's not what I said on the record. Andrew. No, no, no. But you said this. Uh, so... Let me read this little thing. Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav's comment on Wednesday that the media giant has saved $100 million since the strike began is not going over well with the actors and writers who are holding out for a better contract. Quote, that's like half of what you spent on the Flash movie that nobody saw. Mythic Quest writer, actress, and comedian Naomi Ekparrigan told the rap in front of Paramount Studios on Thursday. <laughs> Look. Drag him. Drag him, sis. Honey, we drag Zaslav in this house, okay? In this house, we believe... We believe Black Lives Matter, love is love, science is real, and David Zaslav is trans. <laughs> That's what we believe. And I just said, but this is the thing. This is why it's like, you know, I'm out here walking this picket line. It's hot. Mm -hmm. and, this, and this is also, yesterday was even a better day, right? Like, we're not, it wasn't even in the 90s. Like It was big, 88. <laughs> it was like 88. So it was like literally a better day. But it's like, you got me walking. I'm going to say something. Uh -huh. Okay. I'm hot and I said what I said. And <laughs> if that is the first line of your article, so be it. <laughs> so be it. You save money. It's like, well, honey, you lose it every damn day. So you saving a hundred million ain't nothing. And then I think I also said in the article, I was like, we all know a hundred million dollars to CEOs is like fifty-seven cents. <laughs> it's also what I said, and that is also in the article. Because mm. I said I care with these people. Now, Naomi, we have a contest going on. Absolutely, because everyone wants to win. <laughs> everyone wants to win the only. Couples therapy butt plug in existence at the moment. This yeah. is the prototype. We have no idea if it will ever make any more than this. I'm feeling like Willy Wonka with a golden ticket. That's <laughs> how I'm feeling about these people just flocking for the one known butt plug in existence. I mean, we're working on it. Yes. We're trying to find somebody who can scale up the operation. But it's, it's, it's proven difficult. to be difficult. As a sex neg sex nooch couple, it's difficult. We don't have contacts in the we butt plug have, we community. Yeah. We don't have the contacts we should have. And finding someone who can scale it up for us. So you can place an order and get a butt plug to your door. Yeah. It's not as effortless as you would like it to be. Yes. Uh, so we're offering this for this contest. Mm -hmm. You can use it if you want. You can put it on your mantle. <laughs> like we have what's sitting on a bookshelf over there in a velvet bag. A white velvet bag. A white velvet containing bag. Containing a beautiful butt plug. Now, how do you win this? 
well, you know how you win it. You have to leave us a five-star review. No, nobody wants your little half stars and shit, okay? A five-star review, along with your story of the worst wedding mm-hmm. you have ever been to mm-hmm. or been a part of. Mm-hmm. And we will choose from those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Specifically on Apple Podcasts. I don't even oh, know. Oh, yeah, if, on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if any of the other apps actually allow you to do reviews. Because the five star reviews do help us. It helps the podcast show up in searches. It helps people, you know, know it is an option to listen to in their ear holes and that it's going to be a good time. Come on now. So we're going to read a couple just now, just so you know what we're talking about. This is a real short one. I was once a guest at a wedding for my husband's cousin. His family, not the classiest one out there, invited us to watch the first dances. As the wedding party began dancing together, a girlfriend of a groomsman came screaming across the dance floor to punch her bow directly in the face. The scuffle broke out into a hallway and the bride and groom were trying to break it apart. (laughs) They are divorced now. The bride and the groom? I guess so. Wow. That is unreal. Do you want to read this one, Naomi? Okay, absolutely. Okay, this next one. Love the show. He, him pronouns. Here's my story. Okay, we love it. Getting to the point. After years of suggesting that I accompany my father, a 54-year-old white man, during his first experience with cannabis. I said cannabis? <laughs> I meant cannabis. Oh. His first experience with a cannabis. I meant cannabis. Okay. Okay, I'm going to continue the <laughs> review. After years of suggesting that I accompany my father, a 54-year-old white man, during his first experience with cannabis, he took multiple THC gummies without telling me (laughs) prior to the wedding of one of his lifelong best friends. I'm rather familiar with the dark arts, smoking weed, and would have encouraged him and I to sit by a fireplace and watch a comedy for his first time getting high. By the way, this sounds like the premise of a comedy movie, (laughs) possibly starring Seth Rogen. Oh, absolutely. Instead, he walked into a ceremony that would entail rhythmic drumming, unfamiliar music, and lots of brightly colored outfits and decorations. Cut to my dad. Was this a Nancy Pelosi's uh, wedding? (laughs) You mean Nancy and Kenta cloth? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cut to my dad with wide eyes trained to the ground, standing up from the audience to leave with the bride and groom as they made (laughs) their way back down the aisle and towards the door. That is why I love this one. Can you just imagine... A guy high out of his mind. The 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 recessional with yes. the bride and groom w- yeah. waving everyone, and then he gets up, probably in the middle between the two of them, <laughs> and just walks back down. He now says he doesn't like cannabis, but I call this experience user error. No dads <laughs> or lifelong friendships were harmed in the making of this story. <laughs> okay, okay, I need to know everything. That is hysterical to me because I need to know. Why did he take multiple? I need to know why. If he was like, okay, I've never done this. I'm going to take multiple. Dad, come on now. You grown. You know well enough to know. You start with a little of whatever it is in this life and work your way up. So yeah, the yeah. he took multiple, and he was like, this is I think I should really go to this wedding high. I don't even take a full dose of Advil PMs, okay? <laughs> you guys, you, ha- you know that Andy, first of all, calls an ad. First of all, it's not even an Advil PM. It's just a PM. What he is taking <laughs> is simply a Benadryl for all <laughs> intents and purposes. It's a nighttime sleep aid. And a serving, a dosage is two. An adult and Andy, dosage. An adult dosage is two. And Andy says, give me one. He takes the one. It takes about three hours to work. But then he says <laughs> that he's able to stay asleep. But the best part of all of it is that he calls this, he calls this single Benadryl <laughs> child's portion a sleeping pill. Okay? <laughs> he says, I'm going to take a sleeping pill tonight. <laughs> 
Well, I'm, what am I going to do? Ambien? I could get up and cook a meal? I don't want to do that. I'm scared. Like, uh, we have pets. I don't well, know what's, what's going to happen. Like a full dosage of the <laughs> thing. Because when I take a sleeping, one of these, you know, basically Benadryls, I take two. Mm-hmm. And it still might take me an hour to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But I'm like... It's just so funny how delicate you are. I'm such a, I'm so pure, Naomi. You are. You are pure. I mean, that's the first thing I said about you. Uh, I said when we were, when we got together. Uh, I said, "Are you pure?" And you said, "Yes, I am." And I showed you my STD test, and I said, "Pure as the driven snow." You showed me your hymen. You showed me your STD. <laughs> I showed you my dowry. <laughs> Two said, strong goats. And I said, "This is the one for me." <laughs> this is the one for me, Naomi. Speaking of pure. Oh, yeah. Something that is pure fun is a show you're going to be doing. Oh, yeah, babies. Tomorrow, Wednesday, August 9th, you can see me on Women Crush Wednesday here in L.A. at the Ford Theater, hosted by Marcella Arguello, who hosts this show regularly throughout L.A. Mm -hmm. And so this is like a big blowout show at the Ford Theater. The lineup is Bananas, Sherry Cola, Lori Kilmartin. um, Nori Reed. Nori Reed. So many good people on this show. Myself, okay? And it's outdoors. It's under the stars. It's like an mm. outdoor amphitheater mm. vibe. Mm. So we're getting amphitheater. We're getting comedy under the stars. So if you have not gotten your tickets, you can do that. The show is tomorrow. But you got time. So you better get some tickets. It's going to be so great. Now, speaking of other things you need to do, because now I'm just telling you about to do with your life. You know Couples Therapy has a Patreon. Oh, yeah. You know Andy and I is on strike. <laughs> You know Andy and I don't like to do ads for the show that are for things that we think are suspect that are going to ruin the earth or ruin you, okay? And our ability to turn down those ads is greatly helped by your contribution to the Patreon. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what we're doing it for. That's the whole plan. So, y'all, we give you two bonus episodes a month. We will come through for some Q&As. This past Sunday, if you were there, I did a little stand-up for the crew. Some stand-up, some talking, some chatting. Real loosey-goosey. Some stand-up, and then I was like, can I get a word? And then it was like, (laughs) okay, let me go riff on that. So that's the vibes you're getting from the page. And that is patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. Okay. Naomi, why don't you tell everyone what to do? Why don't you also tell everyone about today's amazing guest? Okay, today's guest is someone who we are a huge, huge fan of. You've already heard her dulcet tones. Mm-hmm. The one, the only, the iconic Laura Keitlinger. Yes. Who is an actor and a writer on strike. On as strike. well as a stand-up comedian. And she even has a book that you and I both love called uh-huh. Quick Shots of False Hope. Yes. Which you can buy online if you want. Okay. It is so good, so funny. It's a memoir. I sound like I'm doing ad libs. Like Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Like, like yeah. A- yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> I like it. I like you as my hype man <laughs> when I'm doing intro. Laura is wonderful. Also, if you're here, it was me just doing another ad lib. You were doing another ad lib. Okay. Also, if you are here in LA, Saturday, August 12th, you can see Laura headlining. She is the headlining ally of the LGBTQ plus showcase at the Burbank Comedy Festival. So that's at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank on Saturday, August 12th. Laura's headlining. The lineup is a banger. And also the whole Burbank Comedy Fest will be fun, I'm sure. But look, I done told you what to do, okay? I done told you about Women Crush. I done told you about Laura's show coming up. I done told you about the page. I told you to get quick shots of false hope. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you to listen to this episode. Roll it. Laura, we're Laura. Andy and I are like trying to be cool, but we're screaming inside. We are such huge fans of you. And I, I think I need you to know... 
I don't know why I need you to know this <laughs> for some reason, but uh, early on, very early on, like maybe the first or second time that Naomi came over to my apartment after we were officially boyfriend <laughs> and girlfriend, which <laughs> feels weird to say as an adult, but like she saw your book on my shelf and I lent it to her. And so your yes. and so quick yes. shots of false hope yes. Yes. Uh, plays a part in our romantic mythology. Fantastic. <laughs> That's amazing. Now I know that you're both depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so that is so kind. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's really great. And so so you you started dating in New York. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This was was it 2010? 2010. 2010. But I remember cuz you know how when you are uh you know, you're dating someone, you're meeting them, you're getting a sense and like going to the apartment, seeing what was on the shelves. That was important to me. And mm-hmm. like clocking that book, I said, oh, OK, you know what's up. You know what I mean? Like it was really for me, it was very telling, especially considering, especially early on, Andy was a very, um, what's the word, repressed. Like he wasn't putting oh, it all out there. I was going to say emotionally unexpressive. Yes. He wasn't sure. putting it all out there. And that was, I remember the book, and you know, him having that where I was like, Okay, you might know what's up. You might be somebody I can talk to. <laughs> That's so. I really appreciate that. That's so sweet. I I remember uh, when I was I was dating this guy in New York, and I well, this was in my twenties. It was he was um, a bartender, and I went to his place, and it was in Brooklyn. And I just walked in, and there was nothing except there was a bed on the floor oh. and a punching bag. And I said, so, and you know, and he he didn't really have a sense of humor. I said, so what would you like to do, fuck or fight? And he said, that's up to you. And I was like, um, okay. Oh my God, God. that is, that's also like, okay, he has murdered, he will murder. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He might, little things. Sorry, I lost my iPad things. Okay. You might as well have walked in and there's just been red flags everywhere. Like the right. whole apart, like a Christo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sculpture? What do you call Christo things where he puts the flags? Installation? Up? Installation. Yeah. Oh, right. I like that. Yeah. Workshop at a joke, uh, right? In the oh, God. I, re- I remember dating this guy. Um, well, he, w- he was kind of a pop. I guess he was kind of a popular comic at the time, but uh, I was in his car and I lost an earring. And I reached, just reached down and I pulled out somebody else's earring. So he'd like, <laughs> Probably, I said, this is like a jewelry store. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it was crazy. Um, now, you've mentioned um, a mattress on the floor and a comedian. Um, have, have you always been uh, bad at picking? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you know, geez, now, everyone I've ever been with, every, every relationship, uh, the person I've met, they've been, it's been in a bar. You know, and it's kind of like, you know, it's because, you know, it's a workplace for one thing if you're at a, you know, comedy thing or a club. But yeah, every single. And it's, it's, um, if you're not that particular, it's, it's an okay place to meet people. <laughs> sure, if you're not that particular. <laughs> yeah. I met my husband, my, who's, who you just met. Uh, we met in a bar. We met at the Rustic. Have you ever gone there? Oh, oh yes, yeah. Right yes. over on Hillhurst, right? Yeah. 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 So, okay, wait. <laughs> Is there anyone you have not met in a bar? That that uh, that you've had any kind of relationship with? Um, uh, no, <laughs> because uh, even I, you know, even I, w- I was fixed up with someone, and we, you know, met at a bar, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I guess I have. I just, you know, I think it's a really good meeting place. I guess it's kind of old, old fashioned, but yeah. 
I guess you know that, I mean, if you can meet in a bar, then you know you have one thing in common. That you're drinkers. So, yeah. you know. I was also going to say, there's also lots of people around. And it's dense. Oh, <laughs> public. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah, I never thought of that. That's true. Yeah. So it can't get too out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say this, though. Were you, were you, you know, obviously married now, but, you know, 20s in like, I mean, or really just up until you got married. Were you like, when you would go out to the bar, whether mm-hmm. it was for comedy or just to go, were you mm-hmm. on the hunt? Did you kind of automatically feel like when you were in that space, something could pop off? We could be flirting. I could be meeting someone sexy right now. You know what I mean? Like, how up was your antenna? Well, you know, if I went with, if a, if I went with a couple of girlfriends, I'd say that, we, yeah, we were scouting. We were looking around. Yeah, but uh, but sometimes just going with girlfriends. It's fun. Well, actually, the the way I met my husband, I, I was just um, this friend of mine, Jan Karen, who's comic. We we just were going in for a drink, and there was a comic there, Doug Millard, who I I just been at a festival with, and he introduced me to his his friend, which is Garrett, and we were getting our drinks, and so. I, was, I felt like I was just being polite. And I said, well, you know, we're going to go um, sit down, my friend and I. So if you'd like to join us. Uh, and I, didn't th- I thought everyone knew that meant you don't join us. <laughs> or just getting away from you. And so then two seconds later, they both sat down. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's Wait. so funny. Okay, then let me ask about that moment. Because okay. when I give an insincere invitation to people and then uh-huh. they take me up on it, there's uh-huh. always like this. Um, f- I, I'm like, oh, there's a pause. There's a uh-huh. a long kind of ellipsis, uh-huh. and I'm hoping that they catch on to that ellipsis uh-huh. and are like, oh, we, oh, he didn't mean it. And now that's not often. I'm usually a sincere uh-huh. person. Right. I right. think you you seem like you'd be too sweet to do that. I agree. I feel like Andy makes it like he's very like he. I think he says it or he doesn't. At the very least, like I, I think one of the things I value is I'm like, I don't have to ever say, what do you really mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Thank uh-huh. God. No, there are there are times where I don't know how to get rid of the person. And uh-huh. so mm-hmm. and it feels I'm like, I'm going to hurt their feelings. But also, I do not know what to say to this person. They are just a lump and mm-hmm. they are taking up space and oxygen. <laughs> and. I have to just deal with it. So I, I'm like, oh, well, we're going over here. And like, the minute you go into that higher register, that, <laughs> you know it's insincere. Yeah, that, I think, that, yeah, that's true. It's, and you could, it sounds like you could awkward someone away from you. <laughs> I have. Instead yes. of insulting them. But with, yes. a, with a long, long pause with the ellipsis, like you were saying, that's, that's, that's a good way, too. Yes. Yeah. But, so Garrett sits down. <laughs> Do you immediately engage? Or is it like, is there like that kind of like... <laughs> pregnant <laughs> pause oh uh, i think Jan, i think you know jan and i kind of we, we kind of looked at each other and then we just immediately engaged because uh-huh. i you know they were cute and we were just like well all right uh, <laughs> they're here now and i don't know we were just bitching about comedy anyway so it was like okay yeah join uh, in if you want <laughs> whoever wants yeah. to join in with that you know and that i probably should we i probably should have said it in a more menacing way i guess like <laughs> If you need to, you can join us. If you, I don't know. Hell, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, give them like a look like the twins in The Shining. Like a little like. Yeah. like oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I have to, were either of you interested in therapy? Or, I mean, to be becoming therapists or to take psychology classes in school or did you? No. I, I took social psych. 
I took social psych in college. Because you had to or because you were interested? I was interested. I was like, oh, I think I was like, and the idea of like, teach me how people work. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I think the ability because I think I've also always felt like people had control over me. Like I was so slighted, so easily, you know, impacted that I thought, well, maybe if I can learn, then I'll be in charge of them, or at the very least, <laughs> revenge. Therapy. I can revenge therapy, or like I can, or I can just kind of like know what they're trying to do. Like if I can kind of intellectualize it, maybe I won't be so emotional about it. Oh, okay, yeah. That, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why did what did you ask? What do you what do you, what's your relationship with therapy and all that? Well, I love it. Um, I. I love it, you know, because I think a lot of things have become a kind of um, revelatory, like in that moment. I was complaining about this guy who used to cry when we started to fight. And I thought for sure that my therapist would say, because I thought, I said, you know, that's really manipulative because you can't really continue fighting mm-hmm. with someone who's crying. Right. Although I did. Um, <laughs> and it made me angrier. No, anyway, but she, but she, um, but my therapist said, well, you know, you were being a little insensitive and I thought, well, God, that really struck me. Cause I didn't, I, would, I mean, I guess I never would have thought to blame myself and she was right. You know, I'm insensitive. I am insensitive. I don't know why it was such a shock to me, but you know, yeah. Well, yeah. Where arguments, they used to be for me pre-therapy. Arguments were uh, ego battles to the death. It was two egos <laughs> fighting with, didn't matter what the subject was. But if uh-huh. I lost, then that was ego death. Then I might as well like commit some kind of like psychological hiri-kiri. Like it was, that was <laughs> what it was. So even, like there would be moments I remember, I, so like in my chest, I can remember the feeling when I realized I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And yet I would be like, well, I'm just going to outlast this person. I'm just going to Oh, like- nice. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very healthy. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember the, t- the moment when I was fighting with Naomi. This was like years and years ago. This might have been like 10 years ago or something like that. No, it couldn't have been because therapy started 10 years ago. So it would have to be eight years ago. And I realized I was wrong. And I still mm-hmm. argued for a little bit. But then I said, I'm sorry. So that's great. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? I said, if a white man isn't in therapy, he's a terrorist. Okay. There's no in between. (laughs) Either you're in therapy or you're a terrorist. Now, some of them can still be in therapy and try to be a terrorist, but you can get close. You can get away from it if you're Mm -hmm. at least in process and listening. But you, but as you said, though, you know, you, I think it's so important. You have somebody, you're seeing a person who will push back on you, not just Mm -hmm. someone who listens, but someone who will say you are being insensitive or, this is yeah. why the way you're seeing it may not be the only way to see it. And I, and I know that can be hard, right? Like some people out here just therapizing. I mean, if you get A's in school and do your hours, I guess you could be a therapist. That doesn't mean right. you're good at it. So, oh, right. <laughs> you know? God, it's so damn true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I guess I mean, that was my question is, do you think or did it change how you argued then after that? Mm. I think, you know, I think it did. I was so shocked by it. I, I said, I mean, I told him, I said, you know, I'm, you know, I was wrong to, you know, like push you into that or or to make you feel that way because I'm being insensitive. Even if you are being a fucking pussy to, no, okay. no, because I'm being insensitive. And, no, it's so awful, though. I, but I did think that because, you know, she also says, like, think about where he is, what's going on in the rest of his life, what's happening. And he was going through a really stressful thing. His mom was moving out. 
uh, and all the to to his house and you know out to California and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, I was. Yeah, but I <laughs> I think but we you know we wound up breaking up anyway. But um, yeah, it made me argue differently. I think. How long have you been married? We've been married five years. Uh, we'll be five in uh, um, October, actually. Okay. I'm, so, I'm so, so. How could I be insensitive? I don't know how long I've been married. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. It's He's a- just stayed over here one night. <laughs> when you say insensitive, I'll. I'll um... Well, let me ask this because I was trying to say maybe we can recontextualize it because sometimes insensitivity is just like you're in your own head a lot. Yeah. Because that's what it is for me. I'm just kind of like up here, just like mm-hmm. doo, 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 playing around, <laughs> doing whatever. And I'm wondering, right. is, that, is that maybe that or is it real? Or maybe the person, like when you were arguing with them, maybe they, were, maybe they weren't worthy of having any kind of uh, emotional investment in them. So I'm wondering, is it a, is it? How conscious is it? How conscious is the insensitivity? Thank you. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it's that conscious. I, I almost think it's like a. You know, I think it's kind of why I can't act. Like you have to be present and in the moment to argue with someone, right? Uh-huh. And I'm probably starting to argue and just thinking, you know, thinking about other things, I guess, yeah. or just, you know, like yeah. when is this going to be over and um, what are we going to have for dinner? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, so shopping lists to do. Yeah, things. how can I get back? I feel like everything I do is is just like, how can I get back to bed? <laughs> Honey, Work relatable. everything. How can I get back to bed? Relatable. Absolutely. But this, but that feeling, right, when you're just like, I'm not here for arguing. Is it because like, you know, because certainly like your stage persona, right, is like cool as a fucking cucumber. And like this person who is very unflappable to me, like the timing, the mm. pace, this sense of like, you know, I got this. And you gonna that's come so when not, you go thank not you. Come. I appreciate that. But that's the vibe, mm. and I wonder how much of that is, you know, like Naomi's stage persona. She is just a heightened version of herself. I'm very angry. I'm yelling. Okay, I'm angry. No, I. Uh, you are great on stage. I just, you know, I have to kind of catch up on you guys because I don't do podcasts that much, and I, I'm actually, yeah, like I, mean, I was saying, I'm, I'm like ten years behind on anything, on everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm still sending letters um, through the mail. <laughs> the I'd, I'd like to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a stagecoach. I was waiting for my next one, but no, I, I, um, I actually I started a podcast last month mm-hmm. with um, this comic Daniel Webb, and I feel like that it was called "What We Thought Would Happen," and in the and it's basically making a friend over a podcast because I feel like it is important to to make new friends and stay in touch with old friends, but um, yeah, so. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I think maybe I'm see, I seem pretty cool on stage, but I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd rather. I guess I'd rather be with with animals most of the time anyway. So, yeah. so yeah. that's what in that, bed yeah. with animals pretty much our vibe. Right? Yeah. Oh, great! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We respect that lifestyle. Um, believe everyone should live it. Um, but I guess more so, like you know, when it comes to relationships, you know, when you really care about somebody or when you're really like into them, um. How how reactive are you? How open? I was going to say, yeah, can you be vulnerable? Or are you showing it? Are you playing it cool? Are you pushing away? Or is real life some... I mean, obviously, it's some version of your stage persona, but is it We're like, so chaotic right now, Andy. I feel like we just both were like, it's Laura Keilinger, and then like we are just like 
yelling every thought we've ever had. <laughs> you two, I, I, we're, you know, Do you like ice cream? now you're not going to be able to get rid of me or Garrett. We're going to have to go out, the four of us. Do you guys drink? It's funny because we, I, we were talking about like the friends that we have that don't drink, that don't uh, do anything anymore. And a lot of them, or maybe one or two, I should say, have become life coaches. Huh. After rehab. And I, and I just think like, you know, life, I feel like life is something you can't teach. It's like singing. I feel like you have to have a natural thing and you make your own mistakes or do whatever you have to do, but you can't learn it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. through another person. Or yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe you just need advice. Well, I think I it's know. more like, well, this is why cults are popular. Because there's certainly times where I'm like, put me in a cult. I get the appeal. I get the oh my appeal God. of tell me what to do. Oh, my God. Me too. I feel that way. A thousand percent. I mean, I used to say, like, this would be a good time to be abducted <laughs> and just go to another planet if I could by an alien. Uh, yeah, I, I knew. I think I really that's what uh, the strike when I don't have any uh, like deadlines or anything. I don't know. I just I really don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, I'm not a self-motivator at all. Um, and, you know, Andy is definitely like he he is regimented. He has a schedule. He will keep busy somehow in a world where we're on strike. He hits the couch fatigued at 11 p.m. <laughs> He's been busy. He's been doing 12 different things. And like literally I took a nap from two to five. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's yeah. just like that. And certainly I think you need both personalities, you know, obviously to keep up house from becoming a hovel but it's like i'm definitely more with you where it's like i don't like i know sure i could get things done right like i could use the downtime but i really need an external pressure to make me right and are you guys it seems like you have a i just from listening to i listened to the last couple of your shows and it seems like you genuinely get a kick out of each other so it seems like a really good relationship like you genuinely laugh at you know with each other and stuff yeah well, that's the key, ain't it? Because, okay, I'll ask you this question, Laura. Did you feel like, because I think part of what I do value is the feeling that Andy and I can roast each other. And mm-hmm. yet, I don't think that was really modeled to me when it came to relationships. Meaning, uh-huh. like, it, it was like, okay, at least like a hetero, cis situation where it was like, it was so modeled that you play your gender and part of playing your gender is like supporting, supporting a man no matter what. Oh, Yeah this idea of like don't embarrass him and mm. obviously it's people who make jokes it's like i'm literally here to make fun of you all the time <laughs> on stage all the time but like that's what closeness is to me is knowing you well uh-huh. enough to tease you oh that's the, i feel like that's the best because and i and i you know when a friend like nails you on something and it's so specific i remember this friend of mine who's a comic paul kozlowski I was I was telling and we've been friends for a long time. I was telling him about this new guy and the first thing he said, "Oh yeah, what's he working out?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "God damn it, I love that." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And whether yeah. And I'll tell you and this this is a kind of a personal thing, but to me it's so goddamn funny on the third like on our third or second or third date when Garrett and I were having uh sex. I had on an estrogen patch, and you know you got to wear them right down there near your uh, lower back or front, like by your um, oh front ovary on your ovary N- near near what some might call my comedy hall of fame. It's right in between, you know, right near your, you know. Okay. And uh, so I I was like, oh god. I said, can you see my estrogen patch? And he said, oh yeah. Oh, put it in my mouth. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I said, God damn it, he's really funny to think of that. that and that embarrassed, like I've made it, I've already made it really uncomfortable. And he's like, oh yeah, put it in my mouth. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. Well then are there, were, when you were dating, were there comics who like were too, what's the word I'm looking for? Too self-serious? To joke with you like that? Well, guys, like dates. Or guys in general. Yeah, I guess, not but comedy. I was thinking more. Well, to me, I was thinking like, like I would assume like someone who's not in comedy might be a little too self serious. But I also think that there are like there are some comics I've met where like I'm talking to them and I'm like joking and they just look at me very seriously and then answer me seriously. And I'm but just maybe like, the joke oh. on your end didn't land, hon. <laughs> Look, as I, as I was saying, as I was saying that, I realized that could be a possibility. I I'm thinking of very specific kinds of no, I know what you situations mean. Situations yes, where there course. was a wink and a gleam, a along with the along with it, it's just like no, I'm obviously kidding. And then even if it was shitty, I get it. No, I know what you mean. Yes, shitty. no, definitely comedians who's definitely you're like, oh, you leave it all on the stage. Yeah, you got nothing left for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I think I was pretty smart early on in not dating very many comics. I, I, um, I went out with one. Well, I, I, I suppose the big, the big, truly funny people. I went, I went out with John Stewart really when I was really young, and then okay. later I had a very long relationship with with Jack Black. But we, I think, in both of those situations, uh, we had fun. The the thing that we used to. And you bet you two get this. It's like when people know that you're both comedy writers and both comics, they say, oh, do you guys just laugh all the time? <laughs> and I used to say, yeah, we're insane. We fu- we're, we're in a Pink Floyd video. We're just cackling at each other like fucking nuts. <laughs> oh. I mean, and you know, I mean, I mean, you two, I have a feeling, aren't, aren't that serious – I mean, I think a lot of times comics are the, the most depressing, least fun people to be with. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Absolutely>. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But you guys seem like you're great. Like you're not that way. I, well, I don't we're know. odd right now. I, I mean, we're giving you the best we've got. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously. <laughs> like, are you out of your mind? You're getting the, you're getting the A, you know? And, but certainly, I, it's funny because I've just been, I, I think I've been also trying to deal with it's one I think I can get away with complaining if I make it funny right so I'll, I'll like just complain the whole time but if you're laughing I'm like okay I kind of got away with it but I will also find that I just like isolate myself mm. when I don't feel good and I you know in part like my mom was the kind of person who would always say to me like you know if we were out somewhere and I was sulking or I was quiet or she's like well if you're not gonna say anything why are you even here and so oh. I kind of internalize that of like mm-hmm. if you're not in a good mood then like stay in the house and then next thing you know a month has passed (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i'm like that's i feel like uh, i could i could be in bed for like two months i mean part of that i feel like i don't know what day it is usually yeah so Mm. yeah yeah i know but then again with, with people like dating people if they find out you're a comic and then they're on the whole time that's really difficult Oh, like yeah, yeah, I yeah. won't fake laugh, and I can't. I'm too bitter, and I just don't have it. You know what I mean? And I used to get in trouble, even just like working on shows. You know, and you guys both know this. And by the way, you know, I mean, we love great news. We love that show. Oh yeah, you've written on a, so many awesome shows. My God, thanks. Um, and I, and I know Andy has too, but I, I haven't I haven't looked at that. Yeah, 
I'm always more excited to be talking to another woman. But <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like I was on this date and this guy was just trying to trying really hard to be like, oh, oh, no, this was saying like um, being on shows, you know that you have to, uh, if, if, if there's not an audience, you have to be there to laugh a lot, right? Or to at certain things land. Uh, although maybe your shows, you've done such cool shows, they probably don't. It's probably not that way. But like, I kind of got in trouble for not laughing before. Oh, yeah, but like the table reads and stuff. When you got to like sell yeah, it. Yeah. When you got to sell it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we're selling it left and right. I am cracking up. I am cracking up at everything I pitched, you know? Uh-huh. And <laughs> that'll make yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, was there... Actually, Naomi, let me ask you a question. Being a stand-up first, how much ego goes into... When you're when you have to be in a writer's room, well, that's why I'm, I don't like to be in one. Is I'm all ego. I'd be like, well, I said what I said. If you don't like it, I'm just gonna be here. Like I literally, mm-hmm. it, even though it's funny, it's not like I think everything I said is great. It's it's more like because I'm definitely someone who I don't I don't like to like pitch too much. Part of me is like I don't I'm not talking to hear myself talk, mm-hmm. and maybe that's in part because I have an outlet of being on stage where I can just talk. Right. So when I'm in the room, I'm like kind of hope you know I'm I'm. I'm hoping, or at least going for pictures where I'm like, this is it. This mm-hmm. is the thing. And then, of course, because I am maybe putting that pressure on it, if it doesn't last. And again, the, for the moment you pitch to the moment it gets on TV, it's like, honey, bless. Bless. <laughs> oh, my never- God. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a fucking long road, yeah, from that to that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've been in, uh, like, punch-up rooms, uh, you know, for, in movies with all men, and the only thing that they get in that day is their lunch order. <laughs> but I don't think, and but I'm pitching like Matt to prove that I'm really good at it. But it does. I it, I don't think it matters. I mean, I, it does to me, but I don't think they anybody remembers. But they remember your vibe, though. That's what I realized, right? Like I think so. I'm like, oh yeah, the job is like to just seem cool and be fun, and that's what they'll really remember at the end of the day. It's like hmm. that person seemed fun. Yeah. Even though you're like, oh, nothing you said was actually helpful in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> It's funny because I, I, I mean, at least I feel like I've gotten to the point where if I, I'll, I'll backtrack on my own shit if it sounds really weird. Like, like if people will laugh and then they'll say, "Well, you just said he looked like somebody, you know, like that he was a a, a paper boy on death row or whatever, whatever you said." <laughs> Does that really work here? And then I'll go, "No, it doesn't." <laughs> I, you know, I'm nuts. I had a brain aneurysm and I don't, you know, I've been using that as an excuse. I had a brain aneurysm. Two and a half years ago. You what? did? Mm-hmm. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my goodness. Is it okay to, t- is this an okay podcast to say, look, I've died and I know that there's nothing? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it confirms our beliefs. <laughs> no, I, I didn't die, but I almost died. Oh, Jesus. That's that where I was going to ask you to. Okay. My husband saved my life. I, I, my brain, I had a, a vessel burst in my brain and I was being really bitchy at night. And he goes, you're not making any sense. And I said, you're just being critical. I'm tired. And then finally the next day he took me to, um, he said, look, I, I really think we need to go to the hospital. And it was during COVID. So I was, I was cognizant enough to know that it seemed like dangerous to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then he said, come on, let's go for a ride. And I like to say, since I'm a dog at heart, I was like, okay, I'll go for a ride. <laughs> and then when we got in the car, uh, and this, this sort of thing, an emergency like this, is so much harder on the person that loves you. 
anyway, we got in the car and he said, you know where we're going? And I said, yeah, we're going yoga babysitting. Which sounds mm. almost sounds like something that could happen out here. Yeah, definitely. But it does, definitely. It, there isn't such a thing. Right. So he had to just deal with that. But anyway, here's my question. How do you break up with someone who saved your life? Hold on, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. And I'm kidding, by the way. I would never. I, I, gotta, I know, right? Because I just lost my... I can't keep my okay, little... I know. I need, I need the listeners to know. So, like, Laura's been sitting here holding her AirPods in her ears <laughs> because they will not fit. And I will say this. This is why... I don't like AirPods because you see, I got these big old wired headphones. And I know. I, Naomi, I prefer those. I prefer those and I have my own, uh, but they don't, I don't have a, a this computer doesn't have a, a plug for the that. Or doesn't, I, I don't have a, I know. Apple, yeah. Apple, you, Apple's Maybe in the you way. You yourself into something useless. Exactly. You've gone too far, Apple. It's yeah. Steve, Steve Jobs' ghost. What's his name? Tim Cook. That's Steve Jobs' ghost. <laughs> no <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, so 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 Garrett takes you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. You get what? How do they figure it out? What's yeah, going on? because obviously it has started the night before, and you're saying yoga babysitting. What do you remember? Like the sequence of events? No, I had a mild headache. I've had much worse headaches, um, and uh, it was just kind of a mild headache. And then I, I was not making sense the next day, and really, you know, I guess acting really kind of weird. And and then when we got to the hospital. Uh, they said that, well, she doesn't know where she is. And they thought I was like, you know, on a, a drug or psychotropic mm-hmm. something or other. And he said, no. And then, uh, so I had to get an MRI immediately. And then the, luckily there was a, this was at Cedars and they were amazing. There was a, a brain surgeon who was called and um, they said, yeah, you're, you have, it's called a berry aneurysm. It's which it's an artery kind of, blows up like a berry and then bursts. And so I was, my brain was bleeding for three days. Oh my God. Um, and so it, what was scary for Garrett too is that, like they said, well, you know, she has a 50, a 50% chance of making it. Uh, and then she'll just need uh, a lot of, you know, therapy and, uh, you know, she'll have to learn, might learn, might need to learn to talk again and might have to learn to walk again, or she might not make it at all. And so it was, um, oh my God. you know, and I had, and I, I thought it was the crazy thing is, and I've talked about this on the, my little, my podcast with Daniel Webb is, is that I had to sign something, but I didn't know what I was signing. What? Like I could have taken over the mortgage for right, the right. brain surgeon. <laughs> right. Right. Because uh, <laughs> I, I they, they, and I said, well, is it that bad that I need to be doing this right away? I said, what, what do you think is. Maybe our maybe our ideas of of what you know is really serious or different. And he said, "Well, you'll die if you don't have it." And I said, "Okay." So then, <laughs> um, yeah. And the next day, I was fine. So did which you have was surgery? really unusual. I mean, did you have I, surgery? Yeah, yeah. I ha- after I had brain surgery, and then I was fine. What <laughs> brain surgery? Yeah. It was a, a really rare. I know, and I and I like to say that. Uh, you know, a near-death experience was really wasted on me because I still don't appreciate anything. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not going to do anything differently. I mean, although I should, I want to learn to. You know, I'd like to. I'd like to learn to um, either to drive a boat or or fly or something. I want to just learn to do something. I, I don't. Know, I try to take language. Do you guys still, like try to take languages or anything? Nah, I think about you? it. I think about yeah. it. I'm I, always like I had German in high school. I'm fine. I think about like I was so I was fluent in Spanish. You know, between I took it from ages 10 to 18 and then just never 
used it again. And I'm always like, let's go back to that. But speaking of let's go back to that, let's go back to you having a whole ass brain surgery in year <laughs> one of the pandemic, you know, back when COVID was real and people cared. And you had to go to Cedars. <laughs> you was in Cedars, honey, in the middle Ooh. of that with your new-ish husband. I mean, you guys have you know, I know it's been five years. It's like, what is that? Two and a half years into marriage? Oh well, no, we were, I, we were we were together four years before okay. we got married. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so y'all been together and, all the time. Um. So um. So we're oh. So well. Anyway, when I woke up after you know the brain surgery, there were like eight young doctors who came in, you know, med students and whatever, who came in and they had you know were staring at me. And then, and then they asked me the same things. They said, what's your name? Do you know why you're here? And who's the president? So I said, uh, you know, Laura Keitlinger, brain aneurysm. And then, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's Trump. Um, Laura's but, still looking for yeah, her other I guess it's, it's kind She's of unusual. To, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look at me now. This totally seems like I'm having another aneurysm. <laughs> I can't keep these things in. Garrett, I can't keep my things in. My, my ear pods. <laughs> Garrett's a lot younger than me. And you know, here's what really was so... I got, you wouldn't be able to tell, but I, when I got my hair done, I was talking to my this guy. He's, his name is Art at Works of Art, and he's hilarious, and he's really good. And when I, we, were, we were always talking about dates. And, and then my husband walks in, and he said, you didn't tell me you married a younger man. And I was like... <laughs> You got it. Oh, is it that obvious? You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> you know, it's like if you see a woman who's fat and say, when are you due? You, why don't you, people, you should know you're not supposed to say things like that. Right. Right. Anyway, right. right. I'm really being. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to answer some listeners advice questions. But before that qu- quick question. Or maybe not quick. I don't know. I mean, you were joking about depression, but like is depression like do you take medication? Like what? Is it like a real thing or is it just like a jokey thing? But you're just oh like no, sad. I've I've been. I feel like I realized how depressed I was um, when I was at SNL. It was a, a really tough time, but I also realized everybody was on antidepressants because it was really hard to be there. And so, yeah, I I've been on an antidepressants for a long time. I I think. Um, yeah, I'm on Lexapro and Dexedrine. Oh, okay. Wait, I thought Dexedrine was a weight loss drug. Oh, it was, yeah. Uh, it, I'm on Dexedrine. Did I say Dexedrine? Oh, I think, okay, I heard Dexedrine. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. No, <laughs> I, I, was on Dexa, I was on Dexedrine in high school, <laughs> and now I'm on Dexedrine. Okay. I, was, Dexedrine. I haven't changed at all. I was on Dexedrine and Diet Coke. <laughs> Then and now I'm on Dexedrin, uh, Dexedrin and Diet Coke. <laughs> okay, it's a different one. Okay, uh, that's good. I've been I'm looking into getting um, magnetic magnetic stimulation on my brain for my oh. depression. And but you know what? It, first of all, it's a six week process, and you have to go five days a week for six weeks. And you know that's prohibitive. That's like why it's like they don't want working people to be happy. They say, right. are, are you rich? And I'm like, only now because of the yeah. strike. Because I'm like, okay, well, it looks like I might have six whole weeks where nothing is expected of me that I can like do this. But my insurance, I'm like, so it's like a back and forth, you know, scheduling. And then I had to have an initial consult into this. So I'm like, we're finally doing this. And then they call, they go, your insurance takes 15 business days. So three weeks mm-hmm. to approve this. Oh, so geez. now I'm not getting started till August. And I tell you, it's really... 
you know, when you said getting up the energy to do stuff is hard. So I'm so beaten back by the fact that mm-hmm. like I've taken the time to like fill out the world's longest intake form and have right. a consult and have the zoom with the doctor. And then they tell me it's another three weeks and I'm like, six weeks is already too long of me going someplace every single day to have you tap tap on the brain. You know, I tried the tap tap. I did that. You did. And I don't think it had, mu- I didn't make much of a difference, but you know what you might want to try in the meantime, if what? you don't do is ketamine. The ketamine therapy. A lot of people have mm-hmm. said that. This ketamine therapy. I'm go- I heard that it like, first of all, it's such an amazing feeling. It lasts and it like resets your brain. Like you, you can't help but feel, you know, uplifted. Really? I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do that pretty soon. Should I tell? I'll, well, I'll, I yeah, won't say it. I'll, I'll, you got to tell me. I'm going to email go you and tell you how it works. Okay, perfect. Perfect. And also we can make it a play date. There's I'll a- meet you at the ketamine. It's right next to yoga babysitting. Uh-huh. And we're going to do <laughs> ketamine treatments. <laughs> That's what I need. We'll do. Well, why don't we do it together? Yes. I could just get well, you guys that, a that, I, I don't know if it. I don't know if it takes insurance, but it's five hundred dollars, and it's um, in your veins, or you know, it's in, you know, intravenous. Yeah. But it's for three hours. But then oh. there's somebody watching you, or well, not watching, but it's supervised. But then it's just kind of like a light show in a room. Interesting. That's seems- is it just a is it a creep that pays to watch people? Maybe I am joining a cult, Andy. Maybe it is a cult. I don't know what it is. Hey, I'd like to pay to watch some people uh, get high on K. You make that happen? <laughs> no, I mean the doctors watch or whatever. <laughs> as far as I know. Unless they're like some, unless there are little little holes where people are looking in, I don't yeah. think so. Why's that guy in that corner smoking? What's going on? <laughs> I just want to watch other people be happy because that's not for me. <laughs> All right, why don't we take a quick break and when we get back? We're okay. Answer. Wait, I'm so sorry. I have to get. I, I have to find. My yes, thing. find you it. Find it. Find, find the bud. Find the bud. We're oh, my uterus break. just fell out. Can you hold on two seconds? <laughs> Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office. Okay, I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray, and it is so friggin' soft and comfortable, and it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good at it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. 
Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again, and today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because we're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I had always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out, but the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but for comparison, me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. Me undies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out, there is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Soft underwear comes in all packages at me undies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to meundies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. And we're back with Laura Keitlinger here to help you handle your scandal. Now, Laura, we get all manner of messages. We get them from Instagram, from Twitter, from Gmail, from voicemail, of course, our favorite Naomi, what is that number? 323-524-7839. There is a three-minute limit on the voicemails, guys. All right, I need you to come in here with a thesis statement, with your pronouns. You got to keep it right and tight, because some of y'all be out (laughs) here with the long message, and then we miss the question. So you got to make sure. But I think the ones we have today are on top. Yeah, I want to do this one. This one I I wasn't expecting to do, but I, I saw it on my desktop, and I'm like, I think it's appropriate. Okay, let's have fun with it. Here we go. Hi, hi, hello. Um, I'm actually a returning caller. I have previously called to ask you all how to get connected with a therapist that feels like the best fit for me. Um, since then, I have been connected with an individual and a couple therapist. So, yay. Um, and even a psychiatrist for medication. But, you know. So, anyway, um, by the way, my pronouns are they, them. Um, I just was calling to ask because now that I am in therapy again, I seem to run into this issue where um, my therapist, after like every couple of like, you know, months or weeks or whatever, will be like, okay, so like, you know, do you still think that we need to see each other? Like, do we want to talk about like ramping down your therapy sessions or stuff like that? 
um, where I'm under this impression that like we end this for the long haul. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe this is a matter of like me not preparing a topic or like, I don't know. I tend to just kind of like wing it when I go to therapy sessions. Um, I also feel like even in couples in therapy, sometimes like the conversation doesn't necessarily always go in the direction that like we want it to go going into the therapy session. Do you have any advice for how to like lead the conversation in therapy or how to like, I don't know, because I think that like I'm used to having therapists who lead mm. the conversations and it seems like I'm currently paired with therapists who are waiting for me to do that and I am not always prepared anyway. I don't know if any of this makes sense, but what would you suggest in regards to like making sure that the conversation goes in the direction that I want it to go or that I'm hoping that it goes or that my therapist understands that like I feel like I need ongoing treatment and this isn't supposed to be some like short stint or whatever. Anyway, love you. Love your show. I'm sure I love your guest. Bye. (laughs) Okay. So they're asking how to lead the conversation with their therapist. Therapists have a boat to catch. You know, I'd like to wind down that call and maybe not, um, maybe we can't really talk this much. I think you should maybe find another place to call in. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. Okay. Um, You know, I was thinking when I was listening to that, like it could be, couldn't it be that they're in a healthy relationship? So the therapist is like, I think this is good. Well, I don't know. I think to me, and this is something that maybe just because I've been in therapy a while, if my therapist was like, okay, are you ready to wind down every couple months? Like, are you ready to kind of be done with this? Weeks, I think it was, wasn't it? I thought they were saying every couple months the therapist is saying that. But my thinking is, why? I would be like, why do you keep asking me that? Oh, yeah. You know, I think, I think, you know, and I think part of being more direct will also help you figure out if this is the right therapist for you. Because I think sometimes we do go in, it's like one being clear about what you want out of therapy, right? Are you looking Mm -hmm. to deal with, you know, past issues, a current situation, changing the way you think about things in general, like whatever the kind of deal is. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like talking to a therapist where it's like, I'm not afraid to say to my therapist, you making me mad right now. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like sometimes that's the conversation, right? Sometimes yeah. the conversation, sometimes this week we're talking about, why do you keep asking if I want to be done? Because I don't feel cooked. So <laughs> right. what are we doing here? But sometimes it's, I think pe- go ahead, Laura, tell it. Tell oh, no, it. no. I was just saying it's a little bit, it sounds like it's a little bit aggressively passive of the therapist to be like, just say you don't want, you don't have time for me. Or uh, I'm not the right person, right? Right, for this. right, right, exactly. Or say, like, it seems like we talk about the same thing every week and that you might not need this. Like, right. that's a thing you could yeah. say. It, you, um, I wish my therapist would say that to me. Because <laughs> it's just like dystopia, dystopia, dystopia. What do I do? How do I live <laughs> as everything collapses every week? And right. I'm like, this has to be boring. Was I said it hard for you two <laughs> at first when you started going to a couples therapist? Was it hard for Andy? Was it hard for you to start talking or to start, you know? Mm, I can't remember. Do you remember? I think it was. I think I definitely took the lead in therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Well, you take the lead in general. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you definitely have changed over time where you'll be like, well, because I, I do, I think, okay, and this is, again, part of my approach to therapy, because I very much feel like if I'm paying you, 
you know, even if that's just a nominal copay, I want mm-hmm. something out of our interactions. And yeah. I also see therapy as like, I'm not here just to chat because I could like, I don't know. Call I, a friend. I could call a friend. I mean, sometimes, honey, you exhaust those. But I could, like, there are other ways I could get it. And so I do come in there kind of, I come in a little hot. I come in going, okay, what are we going to do and how are we going to fix this? Right. Um, I did not come here to hear myself talk. Yes. <laughs> it's, so that's why I think, you know, for instance, with our couples therapy, I'd be like, what are we doing, you yeah. know, every time? Well, I've confronted my therapist with that, with a lot with, hey, is this boring for you? And I don't mean that because she's giving me, she's like looking at me with dead eyes. I just right. mean like, I feel like I'm being boring. Mm-hmm. And and she's like, do you want, uh, she's like, why do you feel like you need to entertain me? I'm like, because you're another human being. <laughs> in front of me. Like, what, what do you mean? Why do I think like, what, why, I don't want to have a boring conversation with anyone, let alone a therapist. Yeah. Or I don't want to be boring, and I'm and all I'm just like capitalism's collapsing. What do I do? And it's just like, but well, but but see, see I was <laughs> I said that's not it though. It's not about like I don't feel like I necessarily have to entertain you, even though I do in the beginning. I want to like kind of let you know like I'm not like the other patients, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm cool, <laughs> um, but I don't go in being like we have to chat, we have to jazz it up. Like in fact, it's funny. My new therapist, there are a couple there's a couple sessions where I was like, we chatting too much. Oh really? Like, yeah, not 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 gonna. Oh, I know too much, but I was like, oh, we're not dealing with anything, right? And something she said to me, and I don't know, but she was like, well, Naomi, you're so depressed, you're not taking actions, so I don't feel like just. T- I was like, I'm gonna tell you to do stuff, and then when we talk next week, you're not gonna have done it. Mm-hmm. And and that was her being honest, right? Because at first I was like, well, right. why are we just talking? And then she was like, you're not doing stuff. You need to get a baseline where you can take action, which is why we're talking about the mm-hmm. magnets or we're talking about a different medication, where she was like, mm-hmm. we got to get you out of this. She's like, you're in a slug era. We need <laughs> to have you not so sluggy. Uh-huh. And then we can have, then I can tell you what to do, you know? Yeah. And, and it was like, because I was, I was like, I was like, I feel like we're not doing anything. And she goes, uh-huh, that's correct. <laughs> and I was wow. like, I was like, oh, okay, she right, she right, she right, you know, and I, um, and so I think that's also, uh, so I guess like going back to you, where it's like, uh, caller, you know, being saying to your therapist, like, hey, also it's like, also maybe, and I don't know if this is something you're dealing with, but it sounds a little bit like letting your feeling like a therapist is an authority. Because as you said, like, you've let them lead in the past. And Mm -hmm. I'm sort of like, well, you know, this is someone who you've come to to help you with something. Right. They provide a service. So if you let them take the lead, you're not you're not in charge of how they're helping you. Right. Right. They're experts. But that doesn't mean that they are. They're not experts in you. I wonder what the other person that he's with, he, uh, that they're with, thinks about all of this. It, wasn't it a couples therapy or was it just him? Two. Them. two right. Yeah. Both a couples they're therapist in, and an individual they're therapist. They're in couples and they're in individual therapy. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah. So hmm. both therapists. Right. So saying, yeah, what's the partner thinking about this situation? Yeah. When they're, when they're like in, in the, yeah, the couple session. I know what you mean. Yeah. Laura, have you ever confronted a therapist? It doesn't have to be confronted. Maybe that was a little too aggressive. But have you ever, you know, reacted in a, in a <laughs> however, whatever adjective you want to use, where they're saying something, you're like, I don't, I don't think that's right. Or I don't like, no. Or, you know, just asserted yourself, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. No, um, I haven't. But, you know, it's crazy. 
in once in New York and once out here, I had therapists and when I told them what I did, at some point they said, you know, I have a script or my, or my friend has a script and then I just wouldn't go back. Wait, that actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's like, look, I, clearly you're not listening to me. I'm saying I'd like to get a fucking job. And now you're telling me you've got a script. I want somebody to hire me up. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Oh, my God. You have to report them. Report them to the California State Board. <laughs> yeah. You report them and they'll probably be like, by the way, I have a script, too, for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, because everybody does. Well, have you done that? Andy, have you ever uh, confronted mm, a therapist? Just recently. Just recently. Oh, really? Where like, yeah, where I started to push back about, like, no, like, they would say something. I'm like, no, I don't think that's true. I, like, not in a not in a aggressive way, but I'm just like, you know, I thought about it. And I'm like, I think, like, I... You know, I say I appreciate where you're coming from, but I just don't I don't think there's evidence to support what you're saying. And instead, I think this is the the uh, I, and then I like I take what they're saying and then I expand upon. It. I don't just say they're totally wrong, but I say, like, I mm-hmm. think in relation to what you're saying, maybe it's this thing instead. Well, I think that's right, though. I think this is the thing about therapists, right? They're just people. So even without their degree, like you're sitting across from another person and you're having a conversation and yeah. the way you say it may not always be how they hear it. And right. you have to figure out, and that's part of, again, taking the reins. So, you know, some practical things I would say for you, you know, because I know definitely this can happen, right? Depending, depending on what your life is like, you know, kind of the day to day. Sometimes by the time you get to therapy, you're like, oh, I'm like not in the mood to talk or I haven't even been thinking about anything. I think it's important to like jot stuff down during the week. Because sometimes oh, right. I'm like, because again, I'm getting my money's worth. So even if I see you on a good day, I guarantee you there's some shit that happened since last week that I probably got mad about. <laughs> and we can use that, it as a jumping that's a great, point. That's a great idea. I feel like they've even, I've I had a therapist who, who said to me, you know, before we're just kind of, in there staring at each other like well i think i'm feeling better and 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 she said you know you know you should write down i mean she also was a a a union uh therapy like she asked me to write down my dreams and stuff and all i mean all of it and so yeah i think it's really smart to write down your things during the week and just think of what because by the time you get there maybe you've forgot about it too or it wasn't that's such a big deal uh-huh. right but it can be 100%. a jumping off it can be a jumping off point because it yeah. can be like oh yeah. we, like for instance me and my partner got in this fight obviously we handled it but let's talk about why i got so mad in the first place mm-hmm. and that's just a way again it's like you don't have to and this is why i think sometimes people don't go to therapy because they assume they have to be in crisis for it to be worthwhile and in uh-huh. fact it's when you're not in crisis that you're going to get the message Right. Because mm-hmm. a friend of mine would always say was like, do the right thing, like practice doing the healthy thing, the smart thing, the whatever, whatever it is. You mm-hmm. practice when things are fine so that when things get bad, you know how to do it. You don't wait till it's bad to try to implement a whole new situation. Right. Naomi, I'd like you to be my life coach. <laughs> I mean it. And you know what? You know what's going to be? I'm going to come right to your house, lay in the bed with the animals. And I'll be like, <laughs> we're doing you. great. We're That's doing all great. I ever want to do. We'll watch old movies. Do you guys like, I, I like, uh, lately I've been watching uh, old kind of science fiction movies. Uh, like there's a, well, I guess it would be like a horror f- sci-fi. Mm-hmm. There was a movie called uh, Phase Four. And it's so in- beautifully done. And it's, it's, a, it's about ants. It's like this micro thing, uh, like micro lens, or no, macro lens, I guess. It's, they're so close up. And the guy, and it was... Uh, Saul. Hey, Garrett. 
Anyway, it was a guy, I, I, I asked him everything and he'll say, hey, you've got a phone, you've got a computer, look at fucking up. But, you know, he has l- really like a, you know, encyclopedic with Wikipedia knowledge. He's a kind of a, a genius. I, I, he is truly a genius. But uh, anyway, uh, it was this guy that normally did credit um, openings and uh, like the opening scenes to movies. And it was really beautiful. It's called Phase Four. Now, Laura, do you have time for another question? One more? Of course. No, I'm not no, doing anything. Of course. All Thank right. you so much. You know, we have to honor and respect your time All and right. your boundary as a woman this in the world. one comes to us. Anonymous from Instagram. Hello, Naomi, Andy, and fur babies. Thank so you. So the Thank dog you. and the cat over there. Uh, I am an avid listener and get, no, does not leaves guest out. Oh, my God. Rude. I would like to point that out. Leave, Anonymous leaves out our guest. As a licensed clinician, it is so refreshing to hear the advice you give your listeners. Naomi, your curiosities and questions are proof that, if you wanted, you could have a future as a therapist. You guys, Lord knows, the industry is crumbling. (laughs) Maybe I did it. (laughs) You're my life coaches. (laughs) Okay. How long do you think the strike has to drag on before you start looking into degrees? Seven months. Great. Just so we have a timeline. (laughs) So here's the issue. My intuition told me my boyfriend of one and a half years was cheating on me. I'm a phenomenal, all caps, girlfriend. (laughs) But when my intuition is strong, I investigate. So being true to myself, I investigated my way into his phone. Okay, now. Okay. (laughs) Messy. I really hate that about myself, but what I hate more is that my intuition was correct. He was sending flirtatious text messages to another woman calling her beautiful and asking her out on dates during a time where I nearly spent where I spent nearly two thousand dollars to help him travel overseas to see his parents it had been four years since he visited due to visa immigration stuff he is now a U.S. citizen I confronted him about it without giving myself away and he lied to my face about the nature of the relationship Mm. My hope was that he would respect me, our relationship, and himself enough to come clean. I'm a very level-headed person and can talk through tough issues to get to a place of understanding and or boundary setting. He knows that, and I naively thought he would see this as a safe enough space to come clean. Now I'm sitting with the fact that I know he's lying, but I can't tell him how I know he's lying. What should I do? I want him to know that I know he's lying, but I don't want to tell him how I know. My pettiness came out, and I sent the girl... And Instagram follow request <laughs> just so she knows I peeped her. Oh, Lord. Very messy. We never met, but she knows good and damn well I am the girlfriend and I have been for one and a half years. I want to DM her to set boundaries, but I don't know if that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. No, Naomi. You I have. She, you guys, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I think I know what you're going to say. Hold on. She's almost done. She, she I, ain't I done yet. I firmly believe. Oh, it's my, not even done. Okay. <laughs> I firmly believe my partner holds most of the responsibility of the situation because he is the one in the relationship with me. So he should be the one to set precedent with others about boundaries and respect our relationship. Anyway, I'm curious to hear your thoughts and advice. And I'm truly sorry if this question was too long. If it was typos, no, I would say it was. It was uh, shorter than most of the questions we get. So, sincerely, <laughs> anonymous. Okay. okay, Laura thoughts. Laura Ooh, thoughts. Laura, she go. has got to drop this guy immediately. Mm-hmm. She can't. He can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. And she probably, even in the back of her mind, is going to think about this, even if he says, "No, I've changed. I, I don't know why I did that." You know, God, I you know, as someone who's been cheated on, and I was so stupid. I mean, maybe this is because I'm like ch- checked out in relationships. I dated this guy and he was always with this, this, this 
friend of his who was a female, and I have tons of guy friends, and I thought, so what? You know, it didn't bother me, but I found out he was, I, it was so crazy. I found out he, he was cheating on me, and then I, t- through someone else, and then I told, told this woman that was his friend that I had, uh, I thought she was kind of my friend, because they were always together, and then she was really upset, and I was like, why is she so upset when I'm telling her that he's <laughs> cheating on me? And it was because he was cheating on her, too, or she felt. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, so you have to, yeah, she has to, because... It isn't going to be over, and they're if they're going to lie like that and lie to your face, they're not going to stop lying. I think yeah. now he, here's something. Here's something that I have been thinking about. So Andy and I recently did someone else's podcast, a guy named Liam Garou, and one thing he said because we were talking about boundaries, where he goes, he goes, a boundary is like a fence, and you put up a fence in your own yard, and I said that is it. So <laughs> my point is this: you're talking about, you know, this is the thing I'm gonna say. You're saying like anonymous, anonymous, where you're like, I sent the girl an IG follow. I want to DM her to set boundaries, but I don't know if that's a good idea. She ain't got nothing to do with your boundaries. Yeah. Your boundaries are in your relationship and your boundaries with yourself. Don't go into her backyard putting up a fence. That's basically what you're doing in this situation. Yes, call the city on her. (laughs) Do not call the city. (laughs) Call the city. Say, tear down all those trees. But I'm like, you, this situation is, Laura's right, you need to drop this guy. Yeah, immediately. Immediately. The minute you, I think, it's not even the cheating so much as the minute you went into his phone, that's it. That was over. Well, listen, Mm -hmm. even before you saw that he was cheating on you, the minute that that snooping started like that. Well, I mean, I I agree-ish, but I'm like, it's it's now, because it's the snooping and then following her. This relationship is making you messy. This relationship is making you a person that I don't think you want to be, especially because you sit here and you say, um, I'm a very level-headed person and can talk through tush- tough issues to get to a place of understanding and a boundary setting. You DMing somebody, you having to go through his phone, that's not level-headed. <laughs> you, I mean, you didn't send the DM, but you, you know, following her so she knows you saw. That's not level-headed. You not, that's not you. Yeah, and it's making the man in the situation, it's making him innocent, like he's been yeah. taken away by this hussy. It's a really yeah. kind of anti-progressive way of thinking. Like, it's yeah. kind of old-fashioned. Like, I don't know, it feels like a kind of a 40s right. or 50s way of, well, she took him away. I don't know, it's this. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, yeah. it's his fault, you know. Right. It's his fault. And it's like, because basically what it sounds like is like, you want... Because like, you have information, you know he's asking somebody on dates who he's calling beautiful, and he's lying about it. Mm-hmm. And you, and I understand what you're saying, you go, I wish he would respect me enough to be honest. But you know what? Some people can be scared way more than they'll have respect, right? Meaning, he's afraid of what would happen if he was, he obviously don't want to leave you, or else he would have done it. So he wants the relationship. He doesn't want you to be mad at him. Or, He's never going to be honest because being honest is going to lead to an, you know, the relationship falling apart and you like going off on him. Does he feel? It may not. It's, it may not be that he wants the relationship to stay together. Maybe he feels guilty. First of all, get your two grand back. Get that two grand. Oh, uh uh-uh. uh. She ain't getting that two grand back. Go she into his Venmo. Back. Go into his. Go into his, if you're going to his phone anyway. I <laughs> well go to where his bank account is. Transfer two grand back to you. 
then, you're exactly right. Yeah, if you're going into his stuff, get get what you you know put into it. <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah, I wish and, I would have thought of that. <laughs> I mean, the guy that was cheating on me with the other thing, I think I had bought tickets for him and his friend, his girlfriend that I didn't think was his girlfriend. I mean, that I didn't think he was cheating um, to go to this this show and stuff. And I just I don't know, crazy. Yeah. Get yeah, we got to start Venmo back. requesting. You yeah. got to start Venmoing. Ven- no, no, you need to go back I'm to saying- these old, like literally 12 years later, Laura. Yeah. You'd be like, I'm sending you a Venmo request for tickets. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it's a little de- too far down the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's never. I mean. It's never too late it's for Venmo. It's never too late for Venmo. Jins. Nice. <laughs> Jesus. I, I heard myself say That's that. a good, I like that tag though. That's a good like ad for Venmo. Venmo and vengeance. No, no, maybe it's not. No, no, it's, but no, it is. Maybe he feels guilty that, that the, that anonymous spent that two grand on him. And now he feels like he can't break up with her. So he's, it could also be, uh, orchestrating this whole thing to get her to break up with him. So he well, doesn't have to pay back the two grand. Well, hmm. I mean, here's, I, I really think it's like, you know what? You know, because here's the thing. You also don't want to admit what you did because you know that when you say, I look through your phone, um, that now gives him ammunition for... for oh, right? yeah. He has, the up, he has the upper hand. D- exactly, defensiveness. And that's why you don't want to admit it. But you see, now you're in this double bind. And so, okay, if that's not what you want, then you just end this. Yeah. Just say, you know, and it's like, okay, well, why? Um, I, don't, I don't feel secure in this relationship. And I realize that any situation where I don't feel secure a year and a half in isn't the right one. That's all you could say. That's all you have to say. It's never, it is never good news when you're like looking through someone's stuff to see if they're whatever being true. It's never like, Oh, I guess that was like a, he's just planning a surprise party for me. Or, you know, whatever the hell you think it's always going to be someone else. It's always going to be bad news. God, I remember, um, I, I, I was dating this guy in college, and he was basically, he's my first love. I was really crazy about him. And he kept going to New York, and I said, oh, well, I'll, I can go with you. And he goes, oh, no, no, and you'll be so bored. It's the science fiction convention. We're going to be there. We're going to be <laughs> so sitting around for hours and hours. And I kind of just had a feeling. Anyway, I was cleaning up his apartment to kind of surprise him, and uh, I, he, I found his journal. Um, and a, a, I, had, I had to look at it. And so, and this is, this is so harrowing to me now when I think about it. So I was reading some of the things in his journal and he said, and I fell on my knees when I had to leave her. And I was like, no, he didn't. He seemed like he, and I turned the page and go back to L, which was me. <laughs> oh no. Oh wow. But do you see why you like, and this is what I mean, where it's like you partially, again, college nosy, it would be hard to not read it, but you felt inclined to read it because you were like who says as andy pointed out you'll be bored in new york and it's like won't let you go you were oh you don't want to go to the the best city in the world why would you want to do that i know well he said oh we're gonna be you know we're just gonna you know and he did go with his his other friend who i knew they were you know sci-fi nerds and he said oh no it's a marathon we're gonna be sitting there you know we're not we're taking breaks in between it's just gonna be we're gonna go there and then come back i was like okay right but you're also like i'm really easy to cheat on that's the thing (laughs) well the kindness the kindness of your heart to be cleaning uh a 20-something-year-old man's apartment. I said, you're already doing the Lord's work. You were cleaning this man's apartment. Yeah, I was, I was really, really in love. I was really crazy about him. Yeah, yeah. And Dusting that be- his punching bag and his <laughs> Not single him. mattress. No, <laughs> Not him. That was after. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's that's exactly what he was. Punching bag and mattresses after mm. you're really in love with someone. You know what I mean? Who breaks your heart? Yeah. That's exactly what. Oh that yeah, because you have to just throw yourself at it. Yeah. If your heart's broken, you have to start just sleeping around. Exactly. By the way, or else I did. Anonymous could also engineer some kind of like sitcom esque way of finding out when uh, her boyfriend goes on a date with this woman but and then end up there and be like, what the hell is this? And then she doesn't have to reveal that she looked into his phone. I think you can keep, yeah. look, you, this, look, this is a person who's already duplicitous. So the idea that, that you're like, why won't he tell me the truth? That's not who he yeah. is. <laughs> so first, yeah. let that go. Second, you know, if you don't want to admit that you went through his phone because it is not your best self, mm-hmm. then... It's simply like I've had this pit in my stomach and this feeling that things aren't right and your behavior has done nothing to alleviate that and I think mm-hmm. it's best that we don't see each other. There you go. Then you end it without That's all perfect. that. And then if somebody asks you later, like, why did y'all break up? You'd be like, because I saw he was cheating, cheating on me. I saw he was asking somebody <laughs> else out on dates. And that'll just be between y'all. You know what I mean? Like, you can say yeah. that to someone else if you don't yeah. want to reveal it to him or whatever else so i think that's your option i think you have to get out of any situation with any person who is making you behave in a way that's not in line with your values yeah dump the drip dump the drip <laughs> so stupid. laura <laughs> laura thank you so much for joining laura. Us. thank you laura. you guys now you're not now you're your friends you're not going to be off the hook i'm going to have to tell you about the ketamine thing and we're going to have yes. to go out we'll have to go to the rustic yes yes oh my god you have to tell me about the ketamine thing absolutely i need to know you are perfection, and this is just like this is just like a really great time for us. Yeah, for sure. Andy and I, we simply adore you. Well, I had a great time with you guys, and thank you. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.